0: I'm Sheila Hamilton. Welcome back to Beyond Well. This is a program for people who want to learn more about our interior lives and along with Dr. Brian Goff and Dr. Jenna Lejeune, every week we try to come up with more tools for our emotional toolbox. Today,
1: we're going to be learning from an 11-year-old. We are doing a fun, quick-rate activity in, our, in, in school today and this morning. So we were talking about memories, and we got a, a problem. No, that's what it was, yeah. Um, and if you could erase memories, would you or would you not? So I wrote, if I could erase memories, I would not get them erased because it affects who I am today. And I would not be as tough as a diamond if I did not go through this.
0: Heather and her mom, Liz, went through a particularly difficult time when Heather was in elementary school. She was incessantly bullied for being different or weird. So I want you just to sit back and listen and learn how this family reclaimed the word weird and is providing help and healing and great life lessons. Do you know what went, uh, was one of the best things that you said when we were trying to figure out what to call this today? And you just said, look, I'm weird. Like, let's call it weird. And I thought, oh, that's so great. But do you really feel that way?
1: Yeah. How I so? Don't. Well, <laughs> personally, I feel, I've always felt different.
0: Can you explain why?
1: Well, I did not act like everyone else acted, so I felt...
0: Were there things that other kids said to you that made you realize that? Yeah. Such as?
1: One person said, you're weird, and then mouthed, you're weird to me, and then rolled their eyes.
0: And this it got worse in elementary school, right? Yes, it did. Could you explain what happened in elementary school?
1: Well... All of this usually pretty much happened in fifth grade. Um, One time um, I was in the hallway and um, a bunch of girls came in and cornered me and peer pressured me.
0: Mom, this is a good time for Liz to step in.
2: They told you you had to sign something that would make sure that they could do anything they wanted to you, and you weren't allowed to defend yourself. Yeah. It was a behavioral contract the school had created to try to keep her safe from the bullies, and the primary bully uh, misrepresented it to the peers in the classroom, and they all attacked her in the classroom, and that was her last day of school. Wow. Wow. We pulled her out the next day.
0: Fifth grade, such a hard time for that to happen. Yeah, I would agree. Do you remember what it felt like inside when that was? Yeah, a I,
1: I did not want to go to school. I called myself a bad monster.
0: Yeah, it's clear to me, looking at you today, you are not a bad monster. <laughs> no, I'm not. Pretty cool person, Liz. I want to. Um, I've read some of your writing on this period as a mom. How difficult it is when other kids are ganging up around people's differences. And one of the things that you did that I thought was quite extraordinary was write a letter to other parents. I don't know if you ever delivered it, but would you talk about what you put in that letter?
2: Absolutely. When we pulled her out of school, I had no way to share what our family was going through. And I really didn't feel like I should stop and try to share it because I shut down around my child. Heather needed love Heather needed doctor's appointments. Heather needed to find a new school where she could find new friends and find people who recognized her weirdness and loved up on her weirdness. And (laughs) I just I couldn't engage with the other families. But I was holding so much anger Mm. and so much sadness and so much grief. And there were different milestones. We pulled her out of school in December. And in the following six months, there were different milestones like a field day or graduation or um, events that she would have partaken in if she had been welcomed in that school community.
1: Also, Mom, I would have been thinking that I did deserve that clap out and graduation from fifth grade to sixth
2: let's figure out what we can do to recreate that clap out for you. And it could be at the end of sixth grade. It could be at the end of eighth grade. Or it could be when I burn that t-shirt. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's such Jeez. a great idea. Um, do you want to talk about the t-shirt and what happened? One of, one of the reasons that the bullying was so insidious is that three popular girls were, were creating the bullying environment, but they got the other children Involved. in the school yeah to also agree not to take glue sticks with her, from her, not to play with her, not to be in a group with her. And I think one of the ways they were able to turn the social tide against Heather was by dressing her up to look silly. You want to talk about that? Um,
1: yeah, they put my shirt up to in an inappropriate height, and then one of them told me to take my sleeve out of one of the sleeve holes and just put it on the top, and they hair-tied it on the side, and I still have that shirt one that I was wearing that day.
0: So they were having you kind of look very silly, and yeah. you didn't know to the rest of the school that you looked really, really different, right? Yeah. Yeah.
2: They promised they would be her friend, and that she would look cool, and more people would like her if she did this. And it wasn't just the one day, it was a lot of days. And do you want to, what did they do to your hair?
1: They put it up l- l- with one ponytail on the side going off my head
0: like a little kid. Wow. Um, I, I, I know, you know, what's great for me, Heather is I kind of really dig being around you. Like you're one of the coolest kids I've ever met. Thank you. Has a new school allowed you to start feeling that way? And, and, and also did it help or did it hurt when you received a diagnosis? What did the diagnosis? It helped a lot. Did it? How so?
1: Well, I got to tell my whole class why I'm different and how I'm different and how they can help me. What did you tell them? I told them I'm autistic and I would love, and sometimes they don't get social cues or sarcasm.
0: So And so, so did after that, did they kind of come around to being able to understand, oh, wow, okay. Her differences are not like we know, uh, often kids are pretty good about kids with disabilities, but their differences are on the outside, right? Yeah. And so that's awesome. I I also, Liz, think this whole thing that was really incredible about you guys starting a zine, I want you to talk about that a little bit.
2: So we are working on a project together called I Don't... I Don't
1: Believe in Popular Girls.
2: (laughs) And that's a direct quote from Heather. We were talking about social capital and people who dress a certain way or look a certain way. Or, or are popular for, for whatever reason, often use their popularity to squish other kids in the class or to squash. make other kids squash. squish squash. and squash, yes. <laughs> um, and it seemed important because I didn't engage with the parents at the time I wrote we that letter. Have.
1: We should have.
2: Well, it's complicated, child of mine. It's It's complicated because my job was to take care of you and to put your pieces back together. My job was not to accuse other parents or other kids. And the other thing we know about bullying that we've learned a lot about is how Kids who are prone to bullying are often dealing with emotional stress, anxiety, depression, mental health conditions of their own. And they were really trying to feel better about themselves by hurting you. And that's not fair. That's not fair. But it wasn't something that I decided to go on the offensive at that time. And most
1: of the time, one of the parents of one of the main bullies, um, her mom did not know about all of this. So my mom had to tell her Wow. Well,
2: her her mother, the girl's mother, used to say, "I wish you were more like Heather. Why aren't you, Why aren't you more like Heather?" And the little girl came to school and was mean to Heather. Oh dear! Wow. Because she got it from home.
0: Yeah, I want to um, bring Dr. Brian Goff and Dr. Jenna Lejeune in right now and say hi to both of you. Hi. Brother. So hello, good hello. to see you. Um, uh, so so I'm struck by just a couple of things: how giving voice to people's experience really kind of seems healthy and uh, helpful. And also just the incredible brilliance that comes from Heather saying, I'm different. I'm weird. Yeah. Aren't we all? Mm -hmm.
3: Absolutely. Yeah. There's just something that just happened there that I just thought was so amazing. Sure. So both the comment that Heather made, there are no popular girls. And then the comment that Liz made about the, the ones who were doing the bullying are also often people who are struggling with their own stuff. And I think this was the thing I was so struck by when I was um, thinking about Heather. Somehow, at how old are you, Heather? Eleven? Mm-hmm. Somehow, at, at your young age, you have this remarkable ability to take perspective yeah. of being able to see – Oh, even those girls that get labeled, or kids that get labeled as popular. Well, that that isn't really a thing. Like we're all equal is something that yeah. you wrote, and and Liz, like I can't even imagine as a mom being able to sort of see that the the one who looks like they're hurting your child is also probably hurting. And I think that's the key when mm. it comes to this bullying. Like, Heather, you're somehow able to kind of stand up for yourself and say, hey, I'm this way. I'm weird, however you want to call it. Yeah, so what? So what? But, but what you didn't do is you didn't say... I'm better than you. Like, you're, you're bad. It's We're all equal. We're all yeah. weird or however you want to call it. And, and
0: everybody's got stuff that they're struggling with exactly. all the time. All and the time.
3: That is wisdom that
4: I don't think most adults ever get to. Mm. So I agree. I don't think a lot of adults get there. And I'm looking for words because I'm sitting here watching mm-hmm. – Heather and I just am like so she's just so (laughs) adorable. Right. And she's killing it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. We can cue the music now, Heather, and you can go back to your school and say you killed it. How's that? I love it. (laughs) The tools that Heather and her mom have developed between themselves are really important. And Brian, tell me some of the coping mechanisms, some of the things that we always like to talk about in an emotional toolbox here. What are you seeing that they're using and that they're utilizing in their relationship and the way that they deal with the outside world that's working?
4: I think this idea of celebrating the difference, seeing that the difference is, you know, maybe statistically unusual, but it's all about like how well it works for Heather uh, in her particular context, right? And where it doesn't, understand that there are, there are features of um, the worlds we all live in where we bump into, okay, that part's kind of hard for me. That part's kind of hard for me. So why is it any different for Heather, right? right? And um, every place where she sort of has, I'm sure, here here for sure, but I'm sure other places as well, that uh, um, her perspective is her perspective. It's not wrong. It's not off. It's just this is her experience. This is her perspective, and that's validated. So I think there's a lot of validation. There's a lot of support, and there's a lot of understanding that you can't really understand behavior unless you understand context. I was – been watching a little bit of basketball go blazers and uh i know right cj mccall and i'm thinking like um probably maybe all of those players were weird in school because they were super tall Mm -hmm. and in the context of trying to fit into the bathroom stalls at an elementary school or junior high or getting into a car when you're in high school or having clothes that aren't gym clothes fit on you like they fit on other people, you know, they bumped into places in that world where that didn't work very well for them. And they may have gotten bullied. They may have gotten teased. uh, But you put them in the context of the National Basketball Association – and they're stars. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: And we put you in the context of this right here, Heather, and you're a star. Yeah, definitely. Really, like just really remarkable. Thank you. So um, when you uh, decided to do this learning library that your mom told me about, I thought, oh, my God, that's one of the most remarkably generous ideas that I've ever heard of. Talk about why you wanted to do the library.
1: Um. Well, It's a lot of fun. (laughs) Isn't
0: that the reason most of us always want to make a a new choice? That's why I do this show.
2: (laughs) What are some of the things you did to get the library started in our neighborhood?
1: I went around and I let people know that we were going to do this. And I told them they're welcome to make them and come bring them by our house. And then I'll make a spot for them.
0: So people, they made their own books. Mm -hmm. And then what does it look like? Is it on your front yard or describe it to me?
1: It's usually in our garage because it's cold out (laughs) sometimes and I don't want it to get wet. Uh Because my mom friend, Joe Beal, who is also autistic, he made it when he was younger.
0: Oh my gosh, how fantastic.
2: It's like a giant library shelf and it has pockets for zines or paper books. and
1: It's painted the word zines on the front.
2: So on warm days, all Heather needs is some help from an adult to wheel it out of the garage and put it out on our sidewalk. And we have a community collaboration going where uh, people what, make that make their zines and they bring them in. We have one you, in uh, oh. Portuguese. We have Hebrew words. We have um, storybooks. We have
4: nonfiction books. I'm sorry. You're not normal. <laughs> so. You you are are so weird. (laughs) Extraordinary. (laughs) Heather for president
3: 2020. I think we're just reclaiming the word weird here today and everybody's going to
0: be like, I want to be like Heather, Heather, I'm going to call myself weird for the
2: rest
1: of
0: the year.
2: We actually have little pockets in the backs of everybody's zines
0: or books.
1: So it's like an old library checkout system.
0: I'm coming to your garage to get some. Okay. Uh, Yeah.
2: I think there's a three-day checkout period before you have to return them. And she tracks people down.
4: <laughs> you do. You actually yeah. go door to door to yeah, find I it. Sometimes.
0: Uh, you know. Does I, that mean
4: if I does that mean if I hang on to it for four days, you'll come visit? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, that would probably mean I'll come and visit. <laughs> so Heather, um, you know, I'm so struck by how well you're doing here. But your mom told me a story about you wanting to get a tattoo in in um, the shape of a scar. And I kept thinking, oh, there must have been some times where you were deeply, deeply saddened by how people were treating you.
1: I was. Tell
0: me about that uh, tattoo you wanted.
1: Well, I still, I don't want it as much, but it was fun. I literally, one day in fifth grade, I took a ruler and went down all my left arm, and then I made it like a scar, so it was indented on my arm.
0: And what did you? What What did that mean to you? I mean, what was the significance of that?
1: It meant um, that. I show, if I show someone that this has happened to me, they'll know that this has happened to me. And I went through it and I made it through like a diamond it goes under pressure to be made. Wow.
0: Yeah. The, there is something around when we, when we've suffered as yeah. much as she's suffered, as much as many of us have suffered, there is a kind of like, hi over here.
3: Would you just be kind? Cause I've gone through a lot of yeah. crap. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You know, I, so I think what Heather is demonstrating right now is this – when we talk about perspective taking, which is a big part of ACT, most of the time when we think about taking perspective, it's taking the other person's perspective, right? And that's that's one form of perspective taking. But Heather is actually showing us all three forms of perspective taking that mm-hmm. are super, super important. Mm. And if I could teach both kids' and adults' one skill, it would be perspective taking. And so what I think it's the
4: heart of empathy. It it
3: absolutely is. So what she is doing is she is able by saying, hey, there are no popular girls. She's able to take the perspective of other and see, oh, they probably hurt too. Mm. But she's also doing the ability to take her own perspective. And I think sometimes when people have been hurt, especially when kids have been hurt, we do so much to- Oh, no, don't think about that. Don't think about Mm. that. And you're able to, like, say, Ouch, this hurt. Please don't hurt me. And I see that in the way that you talk and in your writings. You're able to, like, stand up for yourself in that way. So that's the second kind of perspective taking. And then the third kind of perspective taking is what you're doing with your zine, which is this ability to transcend either me or you and to say we. So this kind of connecting with a common humanity and saying, like, hey, can we all contribute into in, to this scene? And so you're doing all three of those things. You just showed all three of those things in, like, a five-minute <laughs> span that, again, I don't think adults know how to do. Mm-hmm. And I just mm-hmm. think all three of those are super, super essential. Being able to say, ow. This hurts, and being able to show people however you can show people is so important.
1: Which also reminds me of another project I did. I've done multiple. Um, Another one is that I made a library, not a library, a mail system throughout a bunch of the throughout the neighborhood, so we could write notes to people.
0: Wow. About how they're doing? Yeah. What are some of the things that people write?
1: Well... My neighbor and me and my sister, both, all four of us, had mailboxes. And so my neighbor kept asking if I could play and just left it in my mailbox. Mm.
2: That was our neighborhood post office summer, which was yeah. a, over a year. I guess not last summer, the summer. Well, no, We did it last summer, too. Yeah. And the kids had control of their own post office, so they could send each other letters, notes, uh, drop stickers in anytime they wanted. Whoever wanted to be in it. Uh, Heather gave them uh, little envelopes to stick by the
4: adult post office drop slot. Mm-hmm.
0: I really want to come live in your neighborhood. <laughs> Sounds I, much cooler, I was, and I've learned about zines.
4: I think that real realtors should yeah, yeah, like advertise exactly this right. if they're moving into your neighborhood. <laughs> and I'm also thinking, like, what what a tool to advance belonging and community. Yeah. Yeah. when isolation and disconnection is rampant. Mm -hmm. And when I think about the quote unquote popular girls, Mm -hmm. really um, scratching and clawing for connection and maybe belonging, yeah, uh, that you find this way to do this that's inclusive and building other people up instead of trying to see who you can stand on.
0: Yeah, wow.
2: And it's all about communication also, which is something that broke down during the bullying. Uh, She tried to explain her point point of view, uh, but not even the teachers saw her. Mm -hmm. The day after I took her out of the school, I, I called her in that morning, unsafe to be in school, and said she would not be returning. And I went to her classroom to talk to her teacher and get her things. And the teacher said, you made the right decision. She was not safe here.
0: Oh, and they hadn't done anything, really.
2: And she had been trying, but she said she would she would talk to a group in one corner, and then three more instances would pop up somewhere else. And she just, she couldn't control her classroom. So I see with the Zine Project and encouraging people to write their feelings and share their stories or say, hey, do you want
3: to... Do you want to do um, a play date or would you like to yeah. let's make a camp together? You know, on this show, I'm, I'm usually not a big fan of how diagnosis is typically used. This is the perfect example of when words, including diagnostic words, serve a really, really good function. So most of the time when people get a diagnosis, it's used to say your other like it's used to push them away. And it sounds like Heather, in your case, you being able to have this word or this set of words helped you actually connect with others and explain and give yourself a way to kind of talk about your experience. And that's what, you know, these diagnosis words are, are meant to be used for. They're meant mm. as a way to communicate, but so often they're used as a way to exclude. Wow. That's yeah. really interesting.
1: I would agree with that.
3: Well, that's that's high endorsement.
1: Then, <laughs> Wait, Do you want to talk
3: about the
2: anti-bullying presentation you did after your first diagnosis? It ended up being the, not quite the right one, but it- I
1: did start talking about how my brain works differently and I made a PowerPoint and I sent it to my teacher to present to my whole class.
0: What do they say when the, when you finally put it out there on a slide for everybody to try to understand it?
1: they were okay about it they weren't the nicest about it the bullying actually got
2: worse at that oh, yeah. point oh and that's gosh. how we that's how we knew it was it was serious that we needed to pull her out of that school but she said some amazing things about my brain works so differently and you need to give me a break mm-hmm. and she also said if everybody had the same brain it would that, be really boring for yeah. the teacher wow, and for the all of us yeah. and i love that yeah and that was just at the beginning of this journey before we got the we got to where we are, where we have more tools and more words. Yeah. Um, but even at the beginning, she was empowered by it, and she was empowered by sharing.
0: Yeah.
1: And well, I've actually gone up, back up to the same school, and I have, and I have um, walked up there in kids that when I went to pick up my sister, I saw kids that I knew there. They they didn't even realize me. My mom heard that. that was oh,
0: but you mean you changed so much? Kind of, you yeah. had more you walked taller and you seemed more confident. And so they actually didn't even recognize you from the other person you were when you went to school. She
2: walked right by them. And afterwards she said, mom, those boys, they didn't even see me. I went to school with them for years. And I said, they saw you because I heard them speak. And they said, was that Heather? And the other boy said, no, she doesn't go here anymore. That can't be her. And it was because of her confidence. She was projecting her sense of self in a way that... When the bullying was going on, she that couldn't. that took over her self-identity and her ability to be herself.
3: But Heather, you know what's kind of cool about the idea of confidence? It comes from these two words, meaning confidelity. It means with faith. And so we think confidence is like this feeling that you somehow get inside, but actually it's Having faith in yourself, so walking with faith in yourself, knowing yourself well enough to have that faith. And it sounds like you being able to walk onto those school grounds with faith in yourself really changed how other people kind of responded to you, too. That's so cool.
1: And I would also talk about um, my favorite counselor Well, one of my favorite counselors, (laughs) he helped me through this and he tried explaining to them that this is happening to me. Please go less harder on, be less mean to her.
0: Uh Uh-huh. That makes so much sense. Um, Part part of the thing I want to get to, especially for parents that are still stuck in schools that aren't helping, um, kids that are fearful, losing kids that are different because there's not this kind of support is... How, how do you actually begin to partner, Brian, with the school authorities, with the teachers to actually say, you've got to start doing something? I mean, they're so overwhelmed. I think about this with what teachers have going on. And I feel for both sides, Yeah, perspective taking. I,
4: I, I feel the same way. And I think maybe this is a, I mean, I hate to punt, but I think that's a better question for Liz having walked the walk and the zine and everything, because I'm, I'm thinking it is true that. People are overwhelmed and the, the resources are getting stretched really thin. Mm. I don't know. Liz, what do you think?
2: I would say be your family's advocate, be your child's advocate for sure. I've Years ago, I guess her bullying really started in kindergarten and it was isolated incidents and not having another child to compare it to, not having any siblings growing up, I worked on giving her the coping mechanisms. So we would walk to school every day, and I would say, now what are you going to do about this social situation? Or in the younger grades, let's bring some origami paper to school. You can fold birds for friends, and they will be pleased that you've spent the time on them.
1: Mm. Which reminds me, going into a book, I read a book called Real Friends, which was an amazing book. But in part of the book, this girl brought in candy, so She hoped these bullies would be her friend. And then they started playing a game. Here, take the candy from such and such. Oh, so so it
0: backfired. Wow, it backfired on her. So,
2: yeah, our origami didn't do a whole lot either to make friends. But we talked about what it means to have social engagement. We talked about asking questions, creating a script at the first grade level, at the second grade level, at the third grade level. But I didn't really start being an activist on the school level until I realized that the kids in another class would circle her at recess and get her to react and act out. And then they would go tell their teacher. And I I got involved in that, but it took a lot. It took more time. We left her there because we didn't realize how bad it was. She didn't always tell us everything. Yeah. And
4: and the fact that she didn't tell you everything, it's interesting because I'm thinking, boy, Heather really informed you along the way. And to be an advocate for your child requires Mm. that you have a child who will share with you what their experience is. And that's not so much on them. It's on us as parents to respond to our children, uh, believing them, uh, not judging, and not having uh, an insistence that they have a completely normative experience. Yeah. Like, how come you can't just do this like all the other kids kind yeah. of thing? You have responded to Heather in your story and even in here in studio in a way where Heather, of course, you do and, and share her experience with you, which sets you up to be able to be an advocate. Okay. Without that, how do you even know to be an advocate and for what? Mm. Absolutely.
2: I also feel like it's important to to remind everyone that she's 11 and I've had a lot of people say oh no you're about to get into the teenage years it's going to be really hard she'll stop telling you things do you think you're going to stop telling me things Heather or do you think I mean I know our relationship will change because you're getting older but I'm curious about how you feel about talking with me about what's really happening in your life.
1: I don't know. I might. I probably will keep telling you. <laughs> why. Hey, I heard that, Heather. I think that's
3: one of the best <laughs> that parts is my of favorite that's part right too. there.
0: <laughs> me too. I thought that was pretty amazing. That was All pretty right. incredible. And you get
2: to choose. You always get to choose. Of oh, course I will. That's, that's another thing, too, is that when parents are working through these issues with their kids in school... We flash back to when we were in elementary school, yeah. when we were in middle school, and it brings up all that trauma of uh, our growing up. Yeah. and it's hard to it's hard to figure out and make sure that you're child centric when you're asking for things. It has to be based on what the child so wants.
4: Yeah, for sure. You have to be so grounded, you know, and and kid centric, and yeah. Oh, it's so interesting, though, how triggered you can get when somebody's being mean to your kid. Woo!
1: Absolutely. I mean, yeah, there's, just, sure. it's
0: a, there's a, something very primal about the response, mm-hmm. you know? And yeah.
1: I would say I do have anger issues sometimes if, <laughs> if I get ticked off enough.
0: How do you control your anger when you do get ticked off? What do I you will,
1: do? I will sometimes walk away. I have many strategies. We've Let's act- talk
0: about them. What are they?
1: Well, one is walking away. One is going to find somebody that I can talk to.
2: Yeah, that's a good one. How about the code word?
1: Oh uh, yeah. Um we have a code word in class that we keep use that we use but we haven't had to we haven't had to use it much.
0: Oh, that's
2: good. Her that's friends, right. a couple trusted girls in her class, know the code word. And if she begins misunderstanding something and getting engaged in a way that is over the top, they can say the code word and explain what's going on to her and pull her back out of the situation. Well, wow,
0: that's fantastic. It's so, amazing. So people have become real friends, allies. Wow, friends. Real friends. Wow, oh, that's fantastic. Heather, I'm kind of struck by how I think that maybe you're even cooler having gone through some really hard stuff. Do you feel that way? Yeah, I do. Um, talk to me about what you would say to other kids that are right now in the place you were when you were in elementary school.
1: Just keep going through it. I know it's not the best thing to do, but at the in the end, you'll feel much better. Really? Yes.
0: How do we begin to speak to other children to try to get them to help learn that other kids might be hurting?
1: Maybe you take them to a class and have them learn from it or someone that's gone through that
0: i love that
1: which also reminds me we're doing a fun quick rate activity in our in uh, in school today and this morning so we were talking about memories and we got a um not a quote a prompt a prompt that's Mm -hmm. what it was yeah um and if you could erase memories would you or would you not so i wrote if i could erase memories i would not get them erased because it affects who i am today and i would not be as tough as a diamond if i did not go through this i
0: think that's a beautiful place to end and
1: then we did a gain and lo- i also did a gain and lose cheat oh, chart that's and for cool. the gain i would per i wrote i would personally not gain anything at all but what i would lose was my toughness my spirit and who i am today
3: I'm just going to need a moment
1: to just
0: cry here. So
3: (laughs) I'm really inspired by you, Heather. That's I think you have a wisdom that is so remarkable. Um, And I'm really glad you're in the world the way that you are. That's
4: awesome. Absolutely. (sighs) I know, right? We're need a few minutes just to I had to, I've had to share my mic with Heather and I'm so glad I haven't had a mic with me the whole time to hear all of my sighs and finding my breath. Is there anything we
0: missed?
2: Well, I love also that she's taken this sense of self and the confidence she has found after going through this to help other kids. She was on student council. She ran for student council as unpopular.
1: (laughs) And I'm really happy it was not a popularity contest.
2: Yeah, she said being government and student government should not be a popularity contest. That's why you should elect me. And she got elected and she represented the other kids who otherwise wouldn't have a voice and otherwise wouldn't be in the room
4: this is so beautiful and it's especially beautiful coming from an 11-year-old yeah but time and again we've 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 watched we've heard and and we've noted that the stuff that you end up caring about comes from the places that you have hurt mm, yeah yeah and it's like any place where there's hurt usually if you flip that over or look under it mm. you'll find something that has developed and valued and even heather's using the words like pressure and diamond mm-hmm. to, yeah. to represent that yeah. it's beautiful
1: mm-hmm.
4: thank
0: you heather and liz so much for sharing your story i just can't, i'm i feel so unbelievably blessed to have been here when you when you told it and i think this is the first time you really shared it publicly
2: this is for sure i've told pieces of the story and she has told pieces of the story i, I have, have. Uh, But we've never spoken about it publicly. And together. Or together. Yes, you're right. You're right, Heather.
0: If we had a video camera, you could all see how uh, amazingly beautiful this pair is. And this um, moment where they're giving each other the (laughs) best love ever. Yeah. It really is fantastic, you guys. Thank you so much.
2: Thank you so much,
3: Sheila. Thank you very much it's just ridiculously cool. <laughs> I'm
0: sorry. Yeah. Oh my god. I know. It I feel was beautiful. Really like I just witnessed
4: something truly truly spectacular. You were so fantastic, Heather. Yeah. Thank
1: you. Was yeah. it were you scared going into this? No, not really.
4: Really? Cuz I mean like I'm scared almost every week doing this. You just yeah, this was beautiful. Yeah. She's
1: an actress. Mm. Yeah, it's true. <laughs>
0: I think she's also really good at just being herself now, too. Well, that's true, too. You know? But she
2: knows how to project and tell a story from an yeah, actress background, right. yeah, right, yeah. And growing up as storytellers, do you think well, that's what yeah. you are going
0: to do when you when you um, when you get a little bit older? Do you think you might act?
1: I have been acting. so yeah. I might keep acting. I am yeah. not sure. I bet you. There is multiple things at- I want to do, yeah, including become a vet. And also, becoming a vet sounds awesome. Also, related to becoming a vet, my guinea pig got spayed on Friday. (gasps) No way. Yep.
4: You you didn't do it though, did you? <laughs> no, thank God I didn't. <laughs> I'm the, just. Deep. Did the guinea pig
0: have to get one of those little cones oh, around no, it? Inside? No, cones. we were really yeah. hoping for a cone, but there is no cone. A a guinea pig cone. Cone, cone of shame. Uh huh. Okay, you guys. Thank you again. Yeah. Oh my gosh, it was so fun. I don't even want you to go back to school. It'd be so yeah. great if you could just hang here all day long. I would agree. Okay. <laughs> Bye.